Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with The Local Station. Hello there, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Going Ringside. I'm your host, Scott Johnson. So glad you could be with us today as we explore the world of professional wrestling and things that are going on in it. Last episode on the current status of the Vince McMahon investigation and AEW versus WWE is a really good one. Episode 24, you can go look for it right now wherever you get your podcasts. And I cannot encourage you enough. Uh, give us a follow at Going Ringside in either TikTok or Instagram, our Going Ringside page at TikTok and Instagram. We're putting daily updates there, regular stuff you won't hear on the podcast. Go give us a follow there if you can. So I was all ready to do an episode on the greatest managers of all time because it's been in the uh, headlines with Bobby Heenan and Paul Heyman talking about who's the GOAT. I'm going to have to delay that a few weeks and we'll get back to that coming up because I thought to myself, whatever happened with the Tammy Sitch case? Tammy Sitch, also known as Sunny, in WWF and then WCW, she did some stuff and, and elsewhere. Um, and I started looking around because she's involved in a DUI manslaughter case down in Volusia County, Florida, in the city of Ormond Beach, which is about a couple hours south of our studios right here in Florida where we're at. And I looked it up and I saw huh, her trial is slated to begin in only a few days. If you're watching this before August 21st, as of now, they're saying it's going to start Monday the 21st. Um, so I'm like, I need to stop what I'm doing and we need to analyze this case. Because Sonny, I would say, is one of the more tragic cases um, in wrestling history. Her real name is Tamara Lynn Sitch, is her real name. And she is an unusual case. Um, that, that has just ended in a very sad, tragic way um, that took the life of a 75-year-old man down in Ormond Beach. This would have been in the spring of 22, um, when Sitch right now is accused of a DUI manslaughter and killing this 75-year-old man. And she's having her day in court here momentarily from the days of this recording. Her trial date is slated to start in Ormond Beach down in Volusia County. So I wanted to explore how we got here what's with this case. A little later on in the show, we're going to talk to a veteran defense lawyer in Florida here to help us analyze this case, as well as a mental health counselor later on in the show, who I wanted to talk to about Tammy Sitch and how she went from megastar in the mid-90s to where she was today. Several DUIs, several stints in and out of jail, and then ending here in um, Central Florida taking the life of a man, according to investigators at this point. Once again, she will have her day in court. So let's start who Tammy Sitch was. Um, she was born in 1972, so right now she's 50. And, and I think her date of birth is kind of important because of how we set up her career. She started doing um, wrestling in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. This would have been in the early 90s, in 92. Um, she's with Smoky Mountain. I think that's the Jim Cornette Rock and Roll Express would be out there, do that type of stuff. It's kind of an independent show, kind of steal the territory, and she's involved with it, with Chris Candido. 
Chris Candido, who eventually passed away. Um, and she starts and she has some roles in this independent circuit, really learns how to get on camera and generate heel heat and make fans not like you. But Sonny, the character, began in 1994. At the end of 94, keep in mind, she was only 22 years old when she comes with um, Chris Candido again and they take on the gimmick of the Body Donnas. And they were called Sonny and Skip. And they were almost like um, annoying people who would host a workout show. And they would come out and talk about they were better bodies than you and you fat people in the audience and, and just do good heel work. They were good at it. They had, a, they had an okay run. Along, this was at a shift in time for females on camera in pro wrestling. Sonny was really the originator of kind of what the modern divas turned into. Prior to this, you had the fabulous Moolah, and you had some very strong, tough wrestlers. Sherry Martell, uh, Medusa Michelli, who was Alundra Blaze, and then like the ones from the 80s with Wendy Richter and the Jumping Bomb Angels. Many lovely women, um, but trained wrestlers. In comes Sonny. She's something different. She was the first one who they put on TV and you're like, that's a pinup girl, that's a calendar girl. That's someone WWF could put on television and a male audience is gonna tune in to see her. Couple that with, she was just good at playing a bad character. She was good at in going out and, and putting people down um, and just kind of getting in all the main angles. And while the body Donna's lasted a while, Skip, Chris Candido, his career wasn't, he didn't have the star power that Sonny did. And she quickly went from just being part of the body Donna's to being a major face in the company. They say, now this was the very early internet, mid 90s. They would say she was the most downloaded woman on the internet. She's on the cover of their magazine. She's in their videos. They're having her do bikini shoots. She really became a sex symbol for WWE before they had transitioned. So she was kind of the transitional one because you had the kid-centered WWF product that through the mid-90s started to shift to the Attitude Era by the late 90s, which was more an adult-oriented product aimed at young males, 18 to 34-year-old men. And so Sonny was kind of the forefront of that. After her, eventually you got, beyond China, you got Sable, you got Marlena, you got Miss Jackie and others, um, and then eventually, a few years after that, Tristratus. And they really started to take the female contingent of wrestling and make it more sexual oriented, more targeted toward that young male audience. And, and some of their names got really big. Sable on the cover of TV Guide. Sonny was up there. And a lot of people question if there was heat between the two of them because they were kind of the two alpha females in the company for a while when you were starting to see that transition in the product with how women were utilized. They were no longer a low-card um, wrestling match that didn't get a lot of promotion with the exception of like Fabulous Moolah or someone. They became really figuratively main parts of the on-camera on product. And Sonny was involved in a lot of that, particularly backstage. This was also the beginning of the internet rumor era. 
You know, prior to this, everyone was in the dark, kayfabe was real. But by the time the internet starts to show up in the mid to the late 1990s, guys start getting on chat rooms and they start getting behind the scenes gossip and learning more, becoming quote, smart fans, as they would call them. And one of the things Sonny was involved with was a lot of salacious allegations with the two top male performers in the company at the time, which was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And there, there was talk of whether or not she was uh, romantically with them. There was a uh, famous Sunny Days comment that Shawn Michaels said, unscripted on camera, to kind of hint that Bret Hart might be involved with Sonny behind the scenes. That was a huge scandal at the time of the mid-1990s. So Sonny was just a very big name in the mid-1990s for WWE, WWF at the time. But she was very young early to mid-20s, a very young woman at this point, thrust into stardom, um, in, into this crazy pro wrestling world. And then eventually she goes to, she gets adult-oriented, maybe even more adult-oriented, and then she goes to ECW. And then eventually does do some run in WCW in the 2000s as WCW is about to fail. And then after that, she did a lot of independent shows for years. And she was around... But by the time WCW is over is when things start to spiral for Tammy Sitch. And her issues with the law and supporting herself start coming up. Now, she would make some surprise appearances there. I think she was in the WWE Hall of Fame eventually and would show up sporadically in WWE for a one-off or something like that. But let's start when... Um, it looks like a lot of the problems started after the death of Chris Candido. He died in 05, and, you know, she's kind of somewhat moving on with um, life. And in 2012 is when legal issues really start to arise. They will say that she was arrested multiple times um, in, in various states in the Northeast, did serious jail time many times for DUI, almost all the time for DUI. Uh, looks like 2013, 114 days in jail, just under 100 um, uh, days in rehab not long after that. More parole violations in 2017, more DUIs in 2018, um, more problems with parole issues. Then again in 2020, 2022, she has more issues. She is developing a lengthy criminal rap sheet. Um, but she's still out on the road. So, and, and if you learn, and I, I was kind of following Sonny over the years because I would hear other wrestling podcasts talk about her as Sonny's in prison. When's Sonny getting out of jail? And it be, kind of became almost a kind of a trash TV type joke in the wrestling industry know what Sonny up to now. But for a while, these were issues that were only so serious. Disorderly conduct, burglary, violating a protective order, multiple DUIs. Obviously, these are serious violations of the law, but in 2022, that changes when it goes from stuff that will get you in for a few months at a time to major years of prison time because of what happened in the town of Mormon Beach, the city of Mormon Beach, in spring of 2022. 
when she was involved in a fatal car crash in Volusia County. And she took the life of a 75-year-old man. Her blood alcohol limit was more than three times um, the legal limit, I think a .280. I've been going through a lot of the rest reports that are available um, from, you know, uh, Volusia County. And particularly about the day that she was arrested and then she had to go to the hospital and how she interacted with police after this. I want to read you a couple excerpts from the officer's report here. So this is uh, writing about a Sergeant Braun when he went to visit her in Halifax Hospital where she was taken to after the crash. Sergeant Braun of the Ormond Beach Police Department contacted Tammy Sitch at Halifax Hospital introduced her himself and apprised her as to why he was contacting her. Sitch inquired, what's going on? Did she not know? Sergeant Braun advised Sitch multiple times that she was involved in a traffic crash and that he needed her info for the crash report. Sitch commented that she was not involved in a crash. After inquiring multiple times, Sitch finally provided Sergeant Braun with her name and date of birth. She was being evasive. Sergeant Braun inquired several times about Sitch's address, to which she did not provide. Sitch was not cooperative. And then eventually they were able to find a New Jersey piece of identification, identification for her and ID who she was. Obviously, when they found that out, they were going to know what kind of criminal record she had, particularly with respect to DUIs. Here's another excerpt. Um, one of the detectives, when he contacted Sitch in uh, one of the rooms, um, they observed Sitch to be alert and coherent and generally accurate understanding of the day and time. They read her Miranda warnings from a prepared text that was provided by the state attorney's office. Um, Sitch advised that she understood her rights and agreed to participate in an interview. Sitch reported that she was unaware that she was involved in a crash. She advised that she remembered making leftover burritos in her kitchen around dinner time and that she drank some vodka but could not recall how much Sitch commented the Vacos are, quote, go-to. Sitch advised that she left her house, went to Wawa for gas, and then possibly to a 7-Eleven store on the beach side in search of diet iced tea, but could not recollect any other details. And then eventually, you know, they, they do get the blood alcohol on her, a breathalyzer, and she pull, blows a .280. This is not a good case for her. There have been many um, things that have been happening in pre-trial for several months now. Um, but her trial is slated August 21st. And most uh, people think it'll take about a week. If she's sentenced to the maximum, she could face um, 26 years in prison. Um, I talked to a veteran defense lawyer. I wanted to get her perspective on this. She's dealt with a lot of clients kind of in, in cases like these over the years. Um, so I brought in Belkis Plata to help us kind of break down the case of Tammy Sitch right now and, and what, she, what realistically could happen in court, what her defense lawyers are doing. She did tell me sometimes trial is something people will want to go toward because they think they might be able to get a, a, a jury that's, that maybe is a little nicer to them, maybe get the sentence knocked down, make some sort of deal. Um, We'll have to see, but here's our interview with defense lawyer based in Florida, Belkis Plata, on the case, the trial of Tammy Sitch. We are joined right now by Belkis Plata, a defense lawyer here in Florida. Belkis, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. 
Belkis, I want to unpack a lot of things in this case, but first, assuming this trial starts on time, what can we expect for a DUI manslaughter case like this? So I expect the case may take maybe a week to try just in light of the amount of counts that they have. It does appear that maybe there are going to be some witnesses appearing remotely. Um, so I imagine the court's going to want to get, get it done, get it heard, and get it to the jury to make their verdict. Most reporting I've seen on this says it would take about five days, about a week. Does that sound about right for a case of this magnitude? That sounds about right, yes. So she has a considerable amount of priors, similar, mm -hmm. speeding, DUI after DUI after DUI. She would do jail time here and there intermittently, but she's out again. Is that normal that she would have even been out after all these DUIs up in the Northeast? So the Northeast is a little bit different than the state of Florida is, I would say, when it comes to DUIs. Um, I think things could have been different here um, and they, you know, maybe could have avoided what has happened now that she's in Florida. Um, but it is not uncommon to see that someone with that many DUIs is still out and not doing a lot of time. Why not? What do you mean by that? Because a DUI in most jurisdictions is a misdemeanor for which you can only spend up to a year. Okay. in um in jail and so things have to happen for it to be elevated to other offenses regrettably like in this one where someone has lost their life now this is going to be a different story i think the dui is probably secondary she blew uh, i think more than three times the legal limit um is that going to be critical i mean what, what oh, would you say to her defense lawyers are doing with that Absolutely. I think it's going to be very critical. You know, I'm not sure what her defense attorneys are going to say, if they're going to argue maybe the calibration of the machine, maybe that's not accurate, maybe that's not what she was, you know, what the level of her intoxication was. And that's obviously going to play a part because to have a DUI manslaughter, they have to prove the DUI in conjunction with the death of the person. I'm seeing around maximum 26 years or so. Um, would that be a pretty standard type of sentence for a a case of this magnitude where someone lost their life? So, you know, DUI manslaughter for maybe a first-time offender, we'll see maybe seven, eight years or so will be normal. she's not a first-time offender. Absolutely. Absolutely not. So her guidelines are going to be much higher than that. The court's obviously going to take that into consideration. The court has already kind of taken that into consideration when the state filed a motion to have her detained because of her record and because of her danger to the community. So I think, you know, all of her priors are definitely going to play a role in, in her receiving quite an extensive um, prison sentence. Um, Tammy Sitch is uh, somewhat of a high profile person. A lot of people will know who it is. It'll get some media coverage. Um, does that affect things or, or probably won't as far as what goes on in the courtroom? So for the jury selection part, it will, because the state is not going to want someone on their jury who maybe is partial to this person because maybe they grew up watching her or they like her or they're gonna feel some kind of way and maybe want to be lighter on her. you know. So that's definitely gonna play a part when it comes to the jury selection in terms of picking people who probably do not know her, um, who aren't going to be partial to her because of maybe any personal feelings about who she was. Yeah, I'm assuming over the years, you've, de you've dealt with a lot of clients who have committed more than one crime over the years. Do they get in, I mean, in your experience dealing with uh, criminal defendants, do they get in kind of a cycle where they can't get out of it? Well, I think for DUIs, things that are drug related, things like that, yes. You know, it's this uh, merry-go-round and she obviously has a drinking problem and it's probably not been treated. You know, she probably needed some significant treatment. She didn't get it and she hasn't learned from her experiences based on what we've seen in this police report. Obviously, she's innocent until proven guilty, but, um, you know, the fact that she continues to drive, 
her license should have been revoked for the rest of her life. I mean, she's had multiple encounters with law enforcement and, you know, now we're here. Do you ever see people who don't really care about the consequences? I mean, by that, I mean, she's been to jail. She knows what that life is like. Sadly, yes. Yes. Um, and probably because maybe it wasn't as bad as she thought it was. And so like, it wasn't that big of a deal. If this happens, I can do this again. Um, but I think Florida is going to treat her a lot differently um, because she has taken someone, someone's life um, on our roadways for the same behavior she's done previously. Do you think her defense has much of an option here? I mean, from what you've seen of this case, is it going to be a tough, tough road to hoe for them? I think it's going to be a really tough road for them. Um, but I imagine maybe the state was not playing hard or was playing hardball with them and maybe made them a really significant prison sentence offer. And she's not really done much time. So they might want to take their chances with a jury. And are you surprised this has gone to trial? I mean, do most cases get this far? Not a lot of cases, not a lot of DUI manslaughters. Obviously, if the defense believes that there maybe is some issue with the proof, you know, being able to prove the um, the DUI part, maybe, because obviously you need to have both of those um, for the charge that she's charged with. But I would imagine it probably has to do with maybe the offers or the lack of offers from the prosecution that has left them with no choice. And from what I'm reading, at least in the clerk documents, it looks like she has a public defender. Um, does that mean much one way or the other, as opposed to a high profile um, criminal defense lawyer who she probably can't afford at this point, I'm just guessing. I imagine maybe she cannot afford one. You know, public defenders are some of the best attorneys in the state, especially when dealing with more high level crimes because they do them so often. They also have the funds to prepare an adequate defense as opposed to her having to pay. So public defender doesn't mean I'm just getting, I just couldn't afford anyone. This is all I have. You, you get a good representation. Oh, you get great representation. Um, but I think it does come to money. She probably could not afford a lawyer. A lawyer on a DUI manslaughter is going to be charging big bucks. And on top of that, the uh, individual is going to have to pay for all of the experts. And we're talking tens of thousands of dollars to get a really reputable expert to come into court and testify to prove whatever it is that your defense theory is. Got it. Well, Belkis Plata with the Plata Shot Law Firm based here in Florida. Belkis, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So that was our interview with Belkis Plata about, you know, where this goes as a trial. She's very likely going to be spending a lot of time behind bars after this trial, if she is sentenced and found guilty. We'll have to watch and, and confirm that. Um, but I wanted to talk a little about Sonny's, you know, how did she get here? How do you go from essentially on top of the world when her mid-90s run, she's the top woman, top female face in the pro wrestling industry, um, and then the years after you leave the company and leave the industry for the most part, things deteriorate. Things, there is a downward spiral. And that appeared to be the case with Tammy Sitch. I mean, let's look at some of the things that happened here. You have the, the talk that she, I mean, I brought up early in the episode that she was so young when she got thrust into the limelight of WWF. And, and there's talk that she's involved with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and relationships. Those have been rumors for years, the two highest profile guys in the company. And then there have been issues with Chris Candido, who was her longtime boyfriend. He passes away in 2005. So obviously, there's a lot in her personal life. She has celebrity. She possibly has the loss of, you know, her career goes like this and then like this. Did that play a role in her? She eventually uh, released an autobiography called The Rise and Fall of Wrestling Diva Tammy Sunny Sitch in 2016. This would have been after um, 
you know, her issue started, like it was a little more than 10 years ago. Just arrest after arrest, multiple times it's DUI, 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 and then some domestic issues that come along the way. But she couldn't keep herself out of jail. She couldn't keep herself from getting behind the wheel while being intoxicated. And now it's taken someone's life. Um, as you heard uh, Belka Splata say, that sometimes they see that people can't beat it. And she thought she should have her uh, driver's license taken away forever. But I sat down with a mental health counselor named Lori Osachi, and I wanted to get her perspective because she's dealt with a lot of young women as they get older and counseling them. And I wanted to get her perspective on maybe what happened to Sonny. Because you could argue there have been a lot of young female performers in pro wrestling who have been thrust into kind of a similar role as Sonny, but afterwards didn't deteriorate. Life didn't necessarily go downhill after they left. Sadly, that wasn't the case in Sunny, um, and we see where she's at now. So I want to sit down with Lori Osachi, a uh, mental health counselor, and kind of get her perspective, maybe. What happened with Tammy Sitch? We are joined now by Lori Osachi with River Shores Counseling based in Florida. Uh, Lori, tell me a little about your background with mental health. Well, I've been treating people with mental health disorders for about 30 years and of all, all different kinds of um, mental health disorders. Well, I wanted to bring up the mental health aspect here, and I, I, don't, know, I don't know Tammy Sitch, I don't know her, her history, we just know what we've observed in the news, that she was a celebrity at a young age um, in kind of a male-dominated industry, and she was a sex appeal, she was on calendars and, and, and videos and stuff like that, and magazines. And then after she leaves the industry, she kind of has a downward spiral, DUI after DUI after DUI. Uh, can, you, can you glean anything? Could there have been a mental health issue there um, with addiction or something like that? Well, absolutely. I mean, she kept getting arrested for DUIs, so there's definitely a substance abuse problem and um, you're showing a pattern, and a lot of times people with mental health disorders resort to substance abuse to handle their symptoms. I want to ask you about the concept, and this is, she, she has a unique life. She was thrust into celebrity into her early 20s, um, involved in a lot of drama in the world she was in, and then she's in it for about six or seven years, and then that part of her life is over and, and she, she's not necessarily a mainstream celebrity anymore. Can you talk to me about the psychology there if you think that could impact someone? Well, for sure, a big change like that, you know, having the stress of being a celebrity, I'm sure is not easy. And then you're used to all that attention and all the money and it comes very quickly. And if you don't know how to handle all that and then you lose it, that's a lot of stress for anyone to handle. We've seen other uh, female stars in this world who have kind of had a similar path. They, they, they become overnight celebrities, um, sex symbols, just in that world a lot. But they come out the other side and they still have a relatively healthy future. Tammy Sitch did not. Can it be a person-by-person -person thing, depending on things like addiction or... Well, there's been thought? a lot of studies um, that, that try to measure people's resilience what what makes one person be able to come through a very st stressful situation and not not handle it like this young lady did and and be okay and other people just fall apart 
and it's very difficult. They still really haven't figured out what makes people more resilient than other people, but it's definitely a case-by-case -case basis. It can have genetics and environment can both play a factor. And so it's DUI after DUI. There were some other domestic issues that came up along the way. Um, in dealing with someone who has substance abuse issues, if she had gone to counseling at one point or gone to some sort of therapy, but it didn't work and people still relapse no matter, you know, even if they try really hard. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's not a cure-all necessarily, and it's very difficult to stick with your program and stay sober. Not easy. And once a lot of times um, when people, they do well in treatment, I don't know what happened with, with this person, but once they, they leave the support of treatment, it there's a high relapse rate because you don't have the support anymore. Do you ever deal with clients who are trying to get better or patients and, and they're just like, I've been in jail, I'm just gonna fail again. They, they maybe give up and, and default back to their old addiction. Well, a lot of times there's there's low self-esteem and negative thinking, and it's difficult for them to hold the hope or, you know, positive thinking positive about being able to get better, especially when they've been through a lot of conflict. So, yes. She could very well go to prison for a long time, and that that's going to bring with its own set of issues. One, one thought I had, if she is in jail a long time, can that be a way to get sober? You have no access to alcohol. Well, she'll have to be sober. So yeah. yes, sometimes people are able to get sober and recover in prison. And and some of the prisons do provide uh, counseling and help for people who are, who are recovering from addiction. So it's possible. Lori Osachi, thanks for joining us on this episode. And while we are focusing on the criminal trial of Tammy Sitch, the family of the man who was killed, um, they have filed a civil suit against Tammy Sitch, seeking around $100,000 in damages, some of the reports I've seen. Um, so we are monitoring to see what has happened with that. Um, but the, the criminal trial is the big deal. And she, she could feasibly go to, to prison for the vast majority of the rest of her life if she's sentenced to more than 20 years in prison. She's right now 50. Um, this wasn't all that uh, Sonny did. I mean, she did adult entertainment at times following her career in wrestling. She just, things didn't go well for her. It is a tragic wrestling story. Um, to see someone with so much promise in the industry uh, just have that downward spiral. So we'll continue to monitor what's going on with Tammy Sitch and see where that goes from here. Um, but that is the case right now in the tragic tale of Tammy Sitch, AKA Sunny. She was a bright star in the 1990s, could spend the vast majority of the rest of her life in prison now because of what happened in 2022 when she took the life of a 75 year old man. So that is our latest episode of Going Ringside. We appreciate you for joining us. Please continue to tell family and friends we're out here and give us a follow at, at Going Ringside at Instagram and TikTok. We'll see you next time. This has been Going Ringside with The Local Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.